And so let's just go through them very quickly, these four kings. Second Chronicles is a great book. I've been really enjoying it. Second Chronicles chapter 14, we start with King Asa. Like I said, he was facing his million-man army of the Ethiopian, 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11. What did he do? He cried unto the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. That's the basis of a a wonderful hymn that we often like to sing. Let not man prevail against thee. So this is the great prayer of Asa in his time of distress. It is nothing with thee to help with many or with them that have no power. It's not not, uh, relevant. It is nothing with God. He could use the mighty. Sure he can. He has. But he can use them that have no power, and that, that basically defines us. So, help us, O Lord, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go. We rest on thee, and in thy name we go. Let those words sink in. We are resting on the Lord, and we're going forward in his name. And the result of which the Lord answered. He smote the Ethiopians before Asa. And what did Asa do? He goes on to gather all of Judah together. This is instructive, by the way, for us. He gathers all of Judah together in Jerusalem, and they make a covenant, a little bit like a a resolution, I would say. But he makes a covenant with the Lord. To what end? That they might seek the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing to have leadership that enter into such covenants where let's seek the Lord. Let's promise ourselves that we're going to seek the Lord. He had entered into a covenant that they would seek the Lord. Not just seek the Lord, but seek the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their desire. I love that language. It's there in Second Chronicles 15. All their heart, all their soul, and all their desire. And that, again, should be instructive for us. We're not just doing this in a perfunctory way. Let's engage our hearts, our soul, and all of our desire to seek the Lord. On the heels of that, he has a son, King Jehoshaphat. Follows in the path of his godly father, and then some. Uh, but when he is faced, when Jehoshaphat is faced with his own challenge, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and by the way, every ge- generation, the Lord stirs up the enemies of God to try his people. He's faced with them. He gathers Judah together, as his father did, to ask help of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 4, to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. He brought them together. O Lord, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, 
but our eyes are upon thee. Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. That's his prayer. This is a prayer of humility. What leader gets up in front of a gathered people and tells them, essentially, admits that he doesn't know what to do? How is that instilling confidence? Neither know we what to do. I mean, you'd think that there'd be chaos then. The people would be scattering like, well, if our leader doesn't know what to do, I'm getting out of here. <clears throat> no. But he goes on to say, our eyes are upon thee. We rest on thee, and in thy name we go. So says his father, King Asa. Well, Jehoshaphat says, our eyes are on the Lord. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And then it says, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, <clears throat> and their children. So there Judah is gathered together. Corporate prayer, friends. <laughs> And uh, the result of which the Lord smote them, the enemies. <clears throat> and uh, there was so much spoil that it took them three whole days to gather up all the spoil and the, and the, the bounty. And it says this little phrase, it was so much. So far from being destroyed Imminently, they were on the, the edge there of being completely wiped out and annihilated. The total flip side, there was so much blessing. They called that Valley of Baraka. It was a valley of blessing. That's what we need. Jehoshaphat's prayer. Uzziah is on the heels of that, Second Chronicles chapter 26. And he sought God. Again, these men are men of prayer. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. See, this was a young king. King Uzziah was, what, 16 years old. But he was under the influence and the tutelage of this prophet, whom we know very little about, Zechariah. But we do know that he had understanding in the visions of God. That means he knew God, <clears throat> and he knew the revelation of God, and he knew the word of God, and the mind of God. <clears throat> and <clears throat> as a result, <clears throat> excuse me, as a result, King Uzziah, though he was young, he sought the Lord. And that is what we seek to do with the young generation. So be an influence on them where they will seek the Lord. And as long as he sought the Lord, <clears throat> so it says here, <clears throat> oh, I'm dying. <clears throat> as long as he sought the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as he sought the Lord, I'll be fine. God made him to prosper. I love that little phrase. That should be uh, <clears throat> something that we have on our wall. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Don't get hung up on that word prosper. We talked about that in another email. Prosper doesn't mean, oh, prosperity gospel. No, they have hijacked that word. Prosper is gospel success. God blessed him with every endeavor, every attempt. It's like that Psalm 1 man. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Fruitfulness, success. But as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper, and he was marvelously helped until he was strong. That's what we need. Several decades later, 
you got some bad kings in there. But finally on the scene walks King Hezekiah. His own father was a wicked king. We noted this. Ahaz, taking out all the treasures out of the house of God and uh, destroying the treasures. He was breaking in pieces the vessels of the house of the Lord and closing the doors. And the Lord afflicted him. But in the time of his distress, did he trespass yet the more against the Lord? This is that King Ahaz, Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 22. All the more he trespassed against the Lord, even in his distress. Not Hezekiah. Hezekiah, his son, takes the reins. First order of business, the first month of the first year, he opens the doors of the, of the house of God. And he repairs them. And then later on, he comes against his own one million man army, Sennacherib and the Assyrians are noted for their brutality in history, in ancient history. Brutality, fearsome. And they're laying siege against Jerusalem and they're about to utterly destroy them. Not just kill them, which would be bad, but torture them and kill them. They were very brutal people. Fearsome. And Hezekiah was afraid. But he goes on to say, Second Chronicles 32, verse 7, There be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And what did he do? He got Isaiah the prophet. That's one of the major prophets. He took him and he prayed with him. Second Chronicles 32, verse 20. One of the most fascinating things. A prayer meeting with Isaiah. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah prayed and cried to heaven. And there was a great deliverance. You see, friends, this is, and this is what I'll, all I'll say is that over and over and over and over and over and over again, we see in the Old Testament this pattern. It's a pattern. And here we are. Same thing. COVID, lockdowns, um, all this chaos, transgender, everything. Well, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to seek the Lord. It's clear. And so with God's help, we will do just that today and we will encourage the folks that gather at the conference to do just that as well.